Shalom Aleichem everyone, good morning. I hope everyone had a wonderful Yontif. And we're continuing our series, The Life and Tire of Our Leaders. Live, first Seder Bismedrish, every Tuesday morning at 11.30. And we welcome as well our Torah Anytime listeners and viewers who will be participating in this year as well. Today we're going to talk about the Chassam Seifer, Zichroin Levracha. Today, Chav Hei Tishrei is the Chassam Seifer's 181st yard site, Schusa Yogin Aleinu Kol Yisrael. Who was the Chassam Seifer? Ramosha Seifer. Ramosha Seifer, his father was Reb Shmuel. Reb Shmuel was a grandson of the Mahar Shashach who was his namesake, the Maharshar Shach, stands for Meirenu Arav, Shin is Shmuel, the second Shin is Shatin, Shatin, that was his last name, Chaf is Koyhein, Maharshar Shach, who was the author of the Sefer Kois Yeshuais, and he was the Rav in Frankfurt, he was the Rav in Frankfurt. And his grandson, the father of the Chassam Sefer, Reb Shmuel, was named after him. His mother was a tzaddikist named Rezel Bas Rabachanan. Rabachanan was a very chosh of a yid. I saw somewhere he was a mekubal. And this couple, Reb Shmuel and Rezel, did not have children for many years, more than 10 years. And at the age of 36 years old, Rezel, Baruch Hashem, became expecting with a child. And on Erev Shabbos Kodesh Shabbos Shuva, Zion Tishrei of Tuf Kuf Chav Gimel, 1762, close to Shabbos, she was already in labor, and she saw the sun was setting, and she did not want that the Tzibor, the Kehila, the city, should accept Shabbos upon themselves, because she was afraid that if they would, so then they would have to be Mechalo Shabbos for her as she's giving birth. And she didn't want this child to be born through Chilo Shabbos. You find the concept in the Gemara, Chasidim Harishonim. There was a certain time in, in the physical world that there was an exact amount of days from conception to birth. And Chasidim Harishonim will make sure that they could plan out that the birth should not be on Shabbos. So there shouldn't be Chilo Shabbos. The Gemara in a few places talks about it. So she sent a message to the Rav, Rababishal. Rababish Frankfurt, you might remember, we spoke about him in the Shir about the Hafla. And she sent a message, please let the Tzibur not be Makabal Shabbos yet, it shouldn't be Shabbos in Frankfurt till I give birth. And he was Maskim, and he, the Tzibur waited, and she, was, she gave birth right before Shabbos um, on Zion Tishrei. In fact, we know this because in the Chassam Seifer's Hagois, in his edits, to the pre-Chadosh. In Hilchus Rishchidosh, in Hilchus Rishchidosh, it talks about this, the Ibor, it talks about all the different years and how, and how different things fall out. So over there, next to the year Tav Kuf Chav Gimel, which was uh, 1762, 1763, so he wrote next to that year, I was born in this year, Zion Tishrei, Samuch Kabbalah Shabbos, near to Kabbalah Shabbos, Referring to himself that he should have a long life. 
So that's how the Chassam Sefer was born. His mother, Reza, was a big tzaddikis, and she, since she was childless for many years, her kever, which is in Frankfurt, in the old cemetery, I was able to be there twice last year and a few years before that, um, not far from the Kvarim of the Hafla and Rebabish and the Rebnas and Adler, all the Gedolim there, is a place that people who need uh, children or are having a problem conceiving children, it's a school to go to her kever, to the mother of the Chassam Soifer, to daven there at their kever. And there's many wondrous stories of people who were answered in her schus. Now, I just want to say that we've talked about the Chassam Soifer in different Eifanim. We talked about him during the Shir on the Hafla. A while back in Tammuz, we talked about him in the Shir of Ramnas and Adler, uh, about in the beginning of Elul. I'm going to try not to repeat some of the things that we said in those Shiurim um, to try to keep it that there's not much repetition um, as much as possible. So there are many more details that I could have and wanted to say, but they were they were already shared in the context of the other Gedolim, and um, I'm going to try not to repeat them. His parents realized he was a special child. Rababish said he was a special child. And they tried to raise him Bikadusha when they took him to school. They would hide him under their coat so he shouldn't see anything tame out in the street. And there's a famous story that he once came home from school, six years old, a young child, and they learned that this week's parsha, Parsha's Bereshis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took Afar Min HaAdama. He took dirt from dirt, and Yiddish, Erd from Erd, dirt from dirt. That's how his rabbi translated it. And he asked his Rebbe, what is the Pasuk saying? Where else do you take dirt from? You take dirt, erd from erd, you take dirt from dirt. Where else do you take it from? And his Rebbe got angry at him. And he, and he, and he, and he told him, stop bothering me. And he continued to persist, and his Rebbe punished him. And he came home and told him the story. And his father, Reb Shmuel, was very upset at the Rebbe for two reasons. Number one, his son has a question. And he answer it. You don't push him off and punish him. And number two, it's a good question. The Rebbe didn't know Rashi. Rashi says, Hashem took Minu Adama from all the dirt all over the world. Or Rashi says, referring to the Makam of the Mizbeach, Rashi's bothered by the question. Chazal are bothered by the question. So the Rebbe didn't know Beferish Rashi. He didn't know what to do. Reb Shmuel, he was very upset. So he went to Reb Nosen Adler. said, what should I do? And Reb Nosen Adler says, you have such a child, teach him yourself. And he taught him himself. He took him and he taught him himself. By the age of seven, Chassam Zayfer knew all of Chamisha Chum Shetayra, especially Sefer Vayikra, he was very proficient in. At that time, at the age of seven, he finished already learning Masech Tebeya. He made a Siyum, he said, Chidu Shetayra to Siyum. The Hafla, who was the Rav after Ababishal, by the time the Chassam Zayfer was seven, the Hafla was already the Rav. And Rav Nosan Adler wouldn't spoil from the Torah that he said. And many years later, when he was teaching his Talmidim in Yeshiva, he said a Chiddush in Mesech Tebeya. And the Talmidim were mispalpel, and they got into it, and they were going through the Shtikl Torah. And he said, you should know I was Mechadish the Shtikl when I was seven years old. His father taught him that you always have to be thinking and learning, especially when you go to sleep. And every night his father would say, you go to sleep thinking and learning. He would give him a question, whether it was something they had learned, whether it was a Medrash, Plea, a, 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 a medrash that's hard to understand, and the parsha, he would ask him the question before he went to sleep, and in the morning, 
He would say to him, No, Yagato Matsasi, you have a teretz for me. And if he did, he was proud of him. If he didn't have a teretz, he wasn't happy. He says, How could it be? Yagato Valay Matsasi Al Tamin. If you really worked hard, you would have had a teretz. It says, If you toil and you say, I, I toiled, but I didn't find, I wasn't Matslich in Taira, Al Tamin. We don't believe such a thing. So that's how his father was uh, accustomed him, how that he should always be thinking and learning even when he goes to sleep. When he was eight years old, the Pnei Moshe, who's a Pirish on the Yerushalmi, came from Eretz Yisrael and he passed through Frankfurt. And he was wearing his ball from the child. And he said he wants to take him back to Yerushalayim with him. And raise him in Yerushalayim, in the holy city of Yerushalayim. And his father agreed. But his mother refused. She cried, I refused to let him go. His mother refused to let him go with the Pnei Moshe. By the age of ten, he became a Talmud of Rabnos and Adler, Zechariah Levracha. And if you remember, we spoke about this in the Shira of Nosson Adler. At that time, the Bachram would say a Shir in public on Shabbos in the Shul. And the Chassam Seifer said, a And he quoted his grandfather a question from his great-grandfather, the Marsh Hashach, the Kais Yeshuas. And he said he thinks that his grandfather made a mistake. And his father got very upset at him. And when Nosson Adler heard about it, he told the Chassam Seifer that I, your father, I am geyser, that you should never speak to your father again. He was afraid that if his father continued this way, then uh, the Chassam Seifer would lose his cheshik in learning. And the father, as we said in the Shir about Ramnas and Adler, accepted it by Ava, and at that point it came very hard for him to live at home, only talking to his mother and not talking to his father, so he ended up living by Ramnas and Adler. And if you remember, we said as well in 1782, Rebnos and Adler had to leave Frankfurt to Boscovitz and um, the Chassam Seifer followed along. The Chassam Seifer, taking leave of his Rebbe, said, Aloshan, that I wish I could be together with my Rebbe in Boscovitz, see him in Boscovitz. And uh, he was afraid then it was a Shail of a Neder. So as he writes himself, in the Hespit that he said to Rebnos and Adler, Rotzti Acharov Mea Parsois, um, I ran after him many, many, uh, a long distance and um, to, to catch up with him. So he followed him to Boscovitz. Um, and we mentioned as well that they went through Prague and the Chassam Seifer writes in a tshuva that I remember when I went with my Rebbe through Prague, I saw the Naida Behuda there and I spoke to him and he said, Akasha, that is Reb Naida Behuda, Reb Nassim Adler, talked about on that trip Eventually, Reb Nassim Adler had to leave Voskovitz in 1785, Tavkuf Memhei, and on the way back, the Chassam Seifer was accompanying him, and uh, they went through Vienna. On the way back, they went through Vienna, and it's interesting, in Hagoyis Chassam Seifer on Shulchan Aruch, in his Hagoyis on Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Tov Ayin Gimel, which is in Hilchas Pesach, there's a whole shaila when one uses horseradish for maror, are you supposed to grind it up or are you supposed to eat it whole? There's a story, there's a shtekotera uh, from the Nesivas in his Haggadah Maisenisim where he says a chiddish, you can only use it, not ground up and others argue on him. So over there the Chassam Seifer writes that when we were when we were sitting at the Seder of 
My Rebbe, Moreno Rav Nosson Adler, Bishnas Tov Kuf Memei, in the year 1785, Bivin, in Vienna, He says there was no lettuce without any bugs in it. Vitsiva, so Rav Nosson Adler commanded Limlo Tamcha to grind up horseradish, Vachalnum, and that's what we ate. And he writes over there, you see, Keneged, the Mycenaeum, not like the Nesivas, that you're supposed to grind it up. But that is a, a story that the Chassam Soifer brings over there on their way back from Boscovitz to Frankfurt as they passed through Vienna and were Pesach in Vienna. When they came to the city called Purda, or Firth as it's called in English, um, it is somewhere near Nuremberg in Germany. At that point, the Rebnas and Adler told the Chassam Soifer, you're not coming back to Frankfurt with me, and you should return. Now, I just want to say that when you go through the Taldas of the Chassam Soifer, you're talking about, like with any Gadol of 200 years ago, it's, it, there's a lot of um, inaccuracies, discrepancies in the actual history. For this year, I use two sources. I use the Taldas that Reb Shimon Seifer, his, his son, wrote about him. And I used from his Talmud, who was called Likutei Chaver Ben Chaim. It was a Talmud of Chassam Seifer, and a multi-volume, 10 or 11 volumes of Torah, of different things from the Chassam Seifer. And he also wrote a Taldas. I used those two, and there are discrepancies of, uh, between the two as well. So, the 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 way that it's said over is that he told him he should go to a place called Prostitz, Vov Tes Yud which was in Marin. Marin is Moravia. Reb Shimon Seifer writes that he told him to go back to Boscovitz. He said, go back to Boscovitz. Now the truth is, Boscovitz and Prostitz are very near each other. They're about maybe four. Prostitz is maybe forty minute drive east. Of Boscovitz, so it's really the same, the same, same locale. So even if you go with Rav Shimon Seifer, he agrees that not long after that he went to Prostitz to, to uh, to Moravia, to I'm sorry, to Prostitz in uh, um, from Boscovitz. So either way, very soon after that he was at the city Prostitz, and over there he started um, learning with Talmidim, with boys, um, and eventually he got himself a very good shame. In the meantime, the Maxis HaShekel, who had been in Boscovitz, if you recall, from the Reb Nosson Aldershir, he had a son who was known as Revolf Boscovitz. Revolf Wolf from Boscovitz. And he became the Rav in Prostitz. He was the Rav in this city. And his father, the Maxis HaShekel, who knew the Chassam Seifer from his days in Boscovitz with Reb Nosson Adler, he sent a message to his son Revolf, Al-Tosser Mikol don't stray from anything the Chassam Seifer says, Yomino Ismail. He told him, he's the person, you're the Rav, but listen, hang on to him. Now, the Rav in Prostis before Revolf was a Yid named Reb- Moshe Yurovitz, and he had been Nifter a few years prior, and he had a daughter, and he had a son. He had a son, Rav Hersh, who was a very rich fellow, and his sister, the daughter of the Rav, was an Amana without any children, and she was older than the Chassam Seifer, but he felt it's a good Shidduch, and Rav Hirsch promised that he'll support the Chassam Seifer, and he'll be able to learn. So they made the Shidduch. However, the Chassam Seifer said, before we get married, even though he got engaged, I want to go back home to Frankfurt, 
I want to get my mother's bracha, and I want to get my rabbeim's bracha. And he went back home, and his mother was very upset about it. Number one, she was an almana, without children. Number two, she was older than him. Dafla was very unhappy. He was hoping that his star Talmud, the Chsam Seifer, would come back to, to, uh, to Frankfurt and, and be a star in Frankfurt. And they were, they were not happy. So, but he didn't know what to do because at the same time, he had already promised her, she's an Amana, she's a Yisayma. He didn't want to stay in Frankfurt. In Frankfurt, many of the Bachram didn't get married till very old, till over the age of 30. And the Chassam Seifer didn't want to wait that long. He didn't feel it was the right thing. So he ended up going back to prostitutes. The problem was, two new um, issues came up. Number one is his brother-in-law lost all of his money and wasn't able now to support him. So the whole reason he was going to marry this girl is because of the support of his brother-in-law. Now his brother-in-law can't keep the terms. And even a bigger problem was that the Moravian government had made a decree that anyone who wasn't born in Moravia had to leave. So therefore, the Chassam Seifer wouldn't even be able to stay in prostitutes. Even his brother-in-law did have money. He wouldn't be able to stay in prostitutes to support him. So he didn't know what to do. So he sent a letter back to his rabbi, the Aflo, what should I do? And maybe now it's taka time to maybe to break the shidduch. And he waited and he waited and he waited. And no tshuva came. So he figured that he's supposed to get married to her. So on Lag Boimer of Tov Kuf, Mem Zayin, 1787, he was, uh, he got married to her. He got married to her. And a day later is when he got the letter from his Rebbe that says you should break the Shidduch. And he realized, he realized that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it, excuse me, that the letter should be delayed in order that he should be married and stay over there in Moravia. Or actually, they ended up getting married in Hungary because he couldn't get married in Moravia. They had to get married in Hungary in Lag Boimer of Tov Kuf Memzaim, but he realized that it was a, a, a simon min shamayim that this is his shidduch. Um, so now, not only did the Chassam Saif have a problem of staying in prostitutes, the Rav, Revolf Boscovitz, even though he was born in Moravia, he's from Boscovitz, however, he had married a Hungarian girl and had lived in Hungary and become a Hungarian citizen before he came back to become Rav in prostitutes. So therefore, he also actually had to leave. So the Askanim and prostitutes, they wanted to get their Rav back. So they tried to get the government to change the Gzeira and um, let him back. While they were doing that, someone said, let's add in a line and ask that Ramosha Seifer also, he's a person who teaches Talmidim here, he takes care of the children, they should have a school, so maybe he should be an exception as well. So the government actually agreed, but they only gave Revolf Boscovitz three years that he should find the Mamalamakim for himself, and the city should find the Mamalamakim, he could come back for three years, and after that he has to leave um, the country. Mashain Kain, Ramosha Seifer, he's allowed to stay in Prostis as long as he wants. At that time, he learned with tremendous Hasmada, and he did not, uh, I, have to, uh, I made a little bit of a mistake before, he didn't realize that his brother-in-law had lost all his money. The reason why he wanted to break the Shidduch before was because he wasn't able to come back to Prostis and, um, and live and be supported by his brother-in-law. 
At this point, he didn't realize that his brother-in-law had lost all his money. So he was learning, thinking that he's being supported by his brother-in-law. At that time, he would learn every night. He would get up at 11 o'clock at night and learn the whole next day until the next night. And then he would go to sleep for a couple hours and get up at 11. The Chassam Seifu was makbid his entire life not to sleep between the hours of 11 and 12. He said that if a person doesn't sleep between those hours, he has a shmira, and in his later years, he would, um, he would um, not go to sleep till after 12. In his earlier years, he would um, get up. He would get up at uh, 11 o'clock and then stay up the whole next day till the next night. So either way, between 11 and 12, he would not be, be, um, be sleeping. So as we said, his, his brother-in-law had lost all of his, his money, and the Chassam Seifer didn't know, and he still, because he thought he was being supported, he refused to accept any Rabbanis, until one day, Friday night, he realized his wife was not wearing her Shabbos Tichel. And he asked her what happened, and she said, we didn't have wine for, for Kiddush, so I had to give it as collateral for a loan for wine. And he realized that the Taka didn't have any money, so he said, the first kehila that comes to give me a Rabbanus, I'm going to accept it. And that, that week, they came from... Um, they came from the Kehila called Dresnitz, I think it was called. Let me just... Dresnitz, I'm sorry. Dresnitz. They came from the Kehila called Dresnitz, which is about an hour and a half south of where they were. And um, he was accepted the Rabbanus of Dresnitz. Now, before you become a Rav in Moravia, for those who follow the Shurim, we all know that you first have to get and he's sure you have to get permission from the chief rabbi of Moravia. And we all know, as my dear friend, Yedidi V'chavivi Hagoyin Reb Mordechai Simon, Shlita, who's a Ram in Yeshivas Tells, a brother-in-law from, of uh, Rabbi Zephyrin from Philadelphia, that you are well known with, he always says, now we know that if you're the chief rabbi of Nicholsburg, you're the chief rabbi of all of Moravia. And that was Ramard Chabanet. We mentioned this in the Ramard Chabanet shir. He went to get permission from Ramard Chabanet. Ramard Chabanet asked him, Do you know Drush as well? And he answered, How could you be a Talmud of the Hafla and not have a Yad in Drush? And since he grew up in Frankfurt, he was a Talmud of the Hafla. And he got permission to be the Rav in Dresnitz in Moravia. Um, he had such a wonderful time in, in Dresnitz. He was able to learn without any Lachats. And in fact... Chassam Seifer is well known that he had such dveikas between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, so such a level of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he almost wasn't able to learn and he would just pour out with creation and composing songs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He has a Sefer of, of songs of the Chassam Seifer that he composed in Dresnitz. Later on, his son asked him in Pressburg, how come you don't do it? And he said, in Pressburg, I'm, I'm, I'm much more Torah. I'm more busy. I don't have the Yishav Hadas. In Dresnitz, everything was such Yishav Hadas. It was so pleasurable. I know no pressure that my Dveikas HaKadosh Baruch was so great that I um, was able to be on a much higher level. Um, after that, in the year 1798, he accepted the Rabbonus in Matersdorf which is southwest, about five hours. Now it's in uh, Austria. At that time it was Hungary. He became the Rav in Matisdorf. And at that time already his name went out, as you see in Chuvus Chassam Seifer, many, many different Chuvus written in Matisdorf. He became a very famous figure already on the world stage of Halacha um, in Matisdorf. 
There's a very famous Chsam Seifer where he talks about how in the base Hamikdash, the Gemara Chazal tell us, they would stand, squish together, but when they needed to bow down, they had all the room in the world. And it's a very famous Chassam Seifer. In a few places he writes that we think the nace was that when they bowed down, they had room. They're making a mistake. In holy places, there's no constrictions of space. Space is a physical thing. In Kedusha, there's no constrictions of time and space. What's normal in the Beit HaMikdash is that there should be plenty of room for everyone. So why was it that when they were standing, they were squished? HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a nace in the Beit HaMikdash that they should be squished when they're standing, so should they get extra schar for coming. Like it says, Agra Dekala, the Gemara says, the schar of when Klai Yisrael gathers together is Dechika. They have to squish together. So the nace was not that there was room. The nace was that there wasn't room. Because in holy places, there shouldn't be there any problem of space. And Chassam Seifer says, I saw that myself in my Bismedrish. So many people think that was in Pressburg. But I saw an interview with one of his great-great-grandchildren who said that the family knows they heard from the Talmud, one of the Talmudim, the Chassam Seifer, that was actually in Matisdorf. In Matisdorf, they're able to see that as many people as they fit into the Bismarck, there was always room. It didn't make any sense because in a Mokim Kedusha, there's no constrictions of, of space. Um, in Tovkuf Samach, Rav Nosan Adler, his Rebbe was Nifter. We talked about this in the Rav Nosan Adler's year. The Chassam Seifer found out about it through a dream. They saw a Sifre Terror dressed in black. And he asked what's going on, and they said, don't you know in your hometown of Frankfurt, when there's a tinus, they put the Sifre Torah into black. And he realized his Rebbe was Nifter. In Tovkov Samachai, the Hafla was Nifter, his other Rebbe was Nifter. In Tovkov Samachvav, the Eksav Rabonis came, in Hebrew it's called Ir Chadosha, the new city. In Yiddish, in German, it's called Neustadt. Neustadt, a new stadt, a new city, Neustadt, which was way north in Germany, eight hours north from Matasdorf. And the Chassam Seifer accepted the Rabbanus of Neustadt. And the Shabbos before he was supposed to leave Matasdorf, there was a big fire in Matasdorf. And his house wasn't burned, but many homes were destroyed. And he said he can't leave them in their time of Tzara. And there was a lot of lachats, a lot of pressure there because there was a lot of fights with the Balabatim when they rebuilt the homes exactly where the walls were and whose house was where, because some Seifer was involved, people were angry at him. There was also no money anymore. He didn't even have a penny to buy himself a piece of paper to write Chidushe Torah. It was with tremendous sacrifice that he didn't go to Neustadt, and he ended and he stayed here in Matasdorf. In the year 1802, Rabbeinu Meshulamigra, the Rav of Pressburg, was Nifter, and for a no- number of years there was no Rav in Pressburg. And in Tovkuf Samach Zayin, the end of 1806, the beginning of 1807, um, they were Mechabel, the Chassam Seifer, as the Rav of, of Pressburg. It was actually the end of Tovkuf Samach Vav in 1806, and the beginning of Tovkuf Samach Zayin. And in Parshas Lech of 1806, Tovkuf Samach Zayin, they traveled to Pressburg, which was about four hours northeast of Matasdorf. On the way, he received a letter from Pressburg that says that all of the Bnei Tair in the city are very upset, and they don't want him as the Rav, they're going him, flog him, and they're all misnagged to him, and he wasn't sure, maybe he shouldn't continue. And at that moment, a year of Mekubo, Rav Mardcha Broidi, appeared to him, 
and told him, I know what your dilemma is, but you should go. And you don't worry, you're going to be Matzliach. And when he got there, he was he had already sent the Mar Mekaymas for his first shear, and they told him that the Labdanim went through the sugis back and for, forth, forwards Mamish, that they're going to slug him up, they know it cold, no matter what he's going to say, they're going to have an answer. So he decided to change, he pulled, he said, whichever Gemara comes out of the box first, I'm going to say a shear on that Gemara. And it ended up, the the, the, uh, the volume was Sanhedrin, which had Masech the Edges there. And um, he said a shear on Mishnayis and Masech the Edges. And he asked Kashas back and forth. And the Tamid HaChachamim, who had come to hack him up, they were mispalpil. They went through the shear and they couldn't believe how sharp, how smart he was. And it didn't take a very long time. He had won them over. And he had won over the Lamdanim of the city. As he did in every place that he was, he set up a yeshiva there. He always wanted to teach Tyron from all his Rabbanasin, starting in Dresnitz all the way Matastar. He always had a yeshiva. And in fact, he said from the day he started teaching Tyron Barabim, he never missed a day till the end of his life, except for Tisha B'Av. Every day he gave shir. Um, but not only did he make a yeshiva for the Bnei Tyra, he went around, he got the Balabatim, people who just spent their time, the Yoshve Kronis, as they called, the people who sat in the corners, didn't do anything. He made groups for them, groups of Torah every night, and he would have a Rav learn with them, teach them Parsha Shavuah with Rashi, Mishnayis, Chayodam, Sifrei Musar, and in this way he turned the entire Pressburg into an ear of Torah, an ear of Eim Yisrael. He was well known, he fought against any reformers, anything new, any Askala, um, his his mantra his his was Chadash Asr Minatayra. Chadash, new things are Asr Minatayra. The famous Rameir Shapiro, the Lublina Rav, a hundred years later, wrote a, a, a mimer in one of the Jewish magazines highlighting the difference between Pressburg and Prague. Both of them fought against the Askala. But the Chassam Seifer fought tooth and nail Chadash Asr Minatayra. And in Prague, they felt, let's be makar of them, bring them close, we'll make some concessions, at least they won't go totally off the derech. And he writes that a hundred years later, if you go to Pressburg, he traveled collecting for his yeshiva, you'll see not only a Beis HaKvara is full of gedolim, you'll see a city alive, Shemri Torah and Mitzvahs. And he says, then get on the train and travel seven hours west and go to Prague, and you'll see a Beis HaKvara is full of gedolim, Maral, Kliyakar, and then you'll go to the other Beis HaKvars and see the Night of Yehuda and other Gedailim. And then you'll find out that in a city of 35,000 Jews, there's just about 200 Shemrei Torah and Mitzvahs. The Chassam Seifer's Mahalach won. He was victorious. That was the Memra that Rameir Shapiro wrote about the two cities, two approaches. And that was the Chassam Seifer's approach, Chadash Asim in In Tavkofah and Aleph, the Maskilim, the reformers, wanted to open a new school, teach other Chachmas, teach secular studies there, and um, the Chassam Seifer was very upset about it, and he announced that there's going to be a Hespit, a certain Gadol, a certain Chashiv Arav had just been Nifter, and he's going to say a Hespit in the main Shul, and the Lashon of his Talmud, the Lakuti Chaber Menchayim, he said a Drasha, that there's nothing like it in all of the Drashas of the Chassam Seifer. Which basically the drasha was he inspired everyone with a lavas h with the fire of Yiras Hashem of Avas Hatayra that everybody was just wanted to learn and they realized that this is not the way to go 
the Pritzim, so to speak, those reformers, they themselves almost were drawn in to the Chassam Seifer to do tshuva. And things quieted down after that for many years till Tov Kuf Zion, which is 16 years later, when they ended up Taka finally making a school with secular studies. And it became such a terrible situation that a few years later, in this school, they actually had a party. A party with eating on Tisha B'av. And the Shabbos after Tisha B'av, the Chassam Seifer Darshan and Shul, Parshas Veschanan, Shabbos Nachem, Oeneichem Arois, Eitz Asher Hashem V'Val Pa'ar, your eyes see what Hashem did by Baal Pa'ar. Kicholo isha sherholach achrei Baal Pa'ar. Anyone who, has, who, who went after Baal Pa'ar, he shmida Hashem alikecha mipanecha. Hashem destroyed them. Vatem advekim, but you are dovuk v'ashem alikechem. So he says, what's, what's the Chiddush of this Pasuk? So he says, really, the end of Parshas, Devarim says, Umishalim l'soinav alponav l'avidoy. The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really marachaf. He doesn't punish Rishayim immediately. He gives gives them good in this world, so that lahavidoi that they got all their schar in this world, and in the next world they'll be destroyed. So he says that's all when they don't affect the klal. That's when they don't go and they affect and try to get the klal to do rishus. But when they go out and try to affect the tzibur of klal Yisrael, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu can't wait around and give them good things. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has to punish them immediately. So even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu is usually pays Rishoyim back in Eilam Hazeh, but Eneichem HaRois Asher Osa Hashem Baal Pa'ar, Kichal Ish Asher Olach Acharei Baal Pa'ar, they were going and getting all of Kla Yisrael, Hishmida Hashem destroyed them immediately. And this is what he was warning to those Maskilim, those reformers who were doing this, that you're trying to get the Klal, it's very dangerous. And not one of those group who ate and had this party on Tisha B'av lived out the year. On the 13th day of Av, in the year 1812 of Tov Kuf Ayin his Rebetzin was Nifter. His wife was Nifter. And they didn't have any children. Chsam Seifer, from his first marriage, the daughter of Ramosha Yerowitz um, did not have um, did not have any children. And in Yaridea Kuf Nun Gimel, the Chassam Seifer writes back a shuva to someone. He writes, "Michtiv Higiani Bishoshi Ishti Harabonis Kaisesses." Your letter came to me when my wife was dying, and I couldn't uh, look into it. And after she was nifter, and the day of her, of and the days of her evil of her mourning, I had so many tirdus. Cain is Rossibi, I had no one to help me. And the salvation was pushed away from me. So that was, and he ends it off. Erev Tov Kuf Ayin He wrote this. So she was nifter on Yud Gimel of. This was almost about three weeks later. Erev Rishchidosh Elul Tov Kuf Ayin is when he signs that tshuva. He eventually answered him in that tshuva. Reb Kiveger had a brother named Reb Bunim. He was the Rav in Matasdorf after the Chassam Seifer. And Rebbe Kiveger had a daughter, Sarah, who was an Amana. She was 25 years old. The Chassam Seifer this time was 50 years old. She was an Amana with one daughter. This daughter, her name was Reddish, eventually married Rebunim Eger's son, who was called Rebbe Yosef Schlesinger. So Rebunim Eger said he has a shidduch for his niece. And that is the Chassam Seifer. And the Taka got married on Chav Gimel Cheshvan, Tov Kuf Ayin Gimel which is the same year, 1812, 
just a few months after his wife was Nifter in Yur Gimel Av, they got married, and at the age of 52, the Chassam Seifer started, became a father. And he had children. He had a son, Itzhak Leib, who was Nifter from a sickness at the age of seven. He had three more sons, the Ksav Seifer, Rabbi Avram Shmuel Benyamin, Rabbi Shimon, who was the Av Vezdin, the Rav of Krakow, and his youngest son, Rabbi Yosef Yospo, who was, a, who was a, a businessman, and he had seven daughters. Some of his sons-in-laws was Rav Ehrenfeld, a famous name, Rav Karnitzer, Rav Lehman, and others. So he became a father at the age of 52. He had 11 children with her, 10 who survived. And... And Yudches Ador of 1832, Tov Kuf Tzadi his Rebetzin was only 44 years old, Rebetzin Sarah was Nifter. And in her Tzavva, the Chassam Seifer told the children they have to listen to the Tzavva. She said that my sons should not fast on my yard site, rather it should be Marba B'Tayra. My daughters should urge their husbands to learn more Tayra. Chalila to fast and be weak and be bimvatom from Tayra on my yard site. And the Chassam Seifer said they have to listen to the Tzavva. The Ksav Seifer, for all the years, was afraid the minig lemaisa is to fast, so he would make a siyam on her yard so he shouldn't have to fast. In Tovkuf Tzadihei, a few years later, he married a third time the Ksav Seifer, the Amona of Reb Tzvi Heller, who was the Avbezdin in a place called Oivin Hayoshin. He was the, the Mechaber of the Seifer Tiv Gitin, and the Ksav Seifer married his Amona uh, as his third zivuk. In the year Tav Kuf Tzadi Ches, the, um, so this is 1838, the Chassam Seifer was already not well, and he had to go to some baths for his feet, and he had to be away, some sulfur baths, and he had to be away from the yeshiva for like 10 weeks, and he was very pained, like he said, since I started saying Shir, I never missed a day except Tishabov. and he said, if I can't teach my Talmidim, so what's life to me? And... It came to a point that that year he had to eat chicken, fowl, after Rosh during the nine days. It wasn't Shavuot Shachal by Tishabav yet. And he had to eat chicken. And he was very pained about it. He said when he was younger, he would fast for all, for all three weeks from Shavasar Batamas till Tishabav. When he got older, he couldn't fast anymore, but he didn't eat fleshiks the whole three weeks. And now he came to a matzav that he has to eat fleshiks after Rosh It bothered him very much. Tishabov that year, the doctor didn't want him to fast, but he he fasted. He fasted. He was very able that he was able to fast. At the end of the summer of Tov Kuf Tzadi Tess of eighteen thirty nine, his yeshiva they finished learning Yayin Esach, the halachas of Yayin Esach, and he wanted them to learn his own Esach, the halachas of Ribis. But the Talmidim wanted to learn Masechta Beya. Interesting. He was seven years old. It seems it was his first Masechta. They wanted to learn Masechta Beya. And he said, really, you'll get a bigger Tayelis learning Ezeu Neshech, and that's why I chose it. But if this is what you want to learn, this is what we're going to learn. And he learned with them up to the sugya of Mitoich. Mitoich, Shehutra, Adavr, Litzairech, certain things on Yantiv, since they're mutter for, for a need, like cooking and, 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 and the caring. So, Hutra, Shalai, Litzairech. So, there's, if it's, even if it's not a bona fide need, it's mutter as well. So they said about the Chassam Seifer, a play on the words, A person should not take leave of his friend except mitoich from the midst of a Devar Halacha. So it would say about him that he finished learning with his Talmidim for the sugi of mitoich. He was nifter mechaveirov. He was nifter from his Talmidim mitoich Devar Halacha with the Devar Halacha of the sugi of mitoich. And the Lel of Eshan Rabba 
of Tov Kuf Pei of 1839. He had terrible Yisurim, but he went to Shul anyways for Shacharis. In the middle of davening, they had to take him home. He was in terrible pain. And the doctor said he's in terrible danger. And all the shuls and the main shul all opened up for people to come say Tehillim. And the main shul in Pressburg did not close its doors till he was nifter on Chafei Tishrei. A few days later, there was Tehillim being said there day and night. The night of Chafei Tishrei, the Kehila asked that it's time for him to give over his yeshiva to his son. And he gave a bracha to his son. And at that point, he gave over the rabbonus to his son. And in the middle of the night, his pain became terrible. The shamish went and woke up the entire city. Half of them went out to the Beis HaKvaris, to the Kivrit Tzadikim. Half of them went to say Tehillim. And at that point, they wanted to make sure that there was a smooth transition between the Chassam Seifer and his son, the Ksav Seifer. They didn't let anyone into his room to ask him Mechila unless they signed on the Ksav Rabbonus of the Ksav Seifer. They accept him as the Rav. And the next morning, Chafei Tishrei, after Shachris and Kriya Satayra, he put on his Tvil and Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. He made a Shachal, he took a drink, and he was Nifter. His Talmidim carried his Mita. And after him, they carried 52 different notebooks of his Chidushe Torah. 52 Talmidim carried the 52 t- notebooks after his, his Oren. The Dayan Reb Daniel Proznitz was masped him and read his Savah. And then he said, I accept upon myself the son of Rabbeinu as the Rav of the city. And the entire city uh, announced Yechi Rabbeinu. They accepted on themselves the Ksav Seifer as the Rav. He was only 24 years old at the time, and just like the Chassam Seifer was Rav for 33 years in Pressburg, the Ksav Seifer was also 33 years Rav in Pressburg, and in fact his son was also 33 years Rav in Pressburg. Very interesting how it was all 33. And that was the Chassam Seifer, Nifter, and Chof Hei Tishrei of Tov Kuf Pei of 18... I'm sorry, of Tuf Reish, and um, Tuf Reish, which is 1839, and today Chafei Tishrei is his 101st yard site. for Klal Yisrael. And I just want to say one of our Torah from the Chassam Seifer. I know I'm going a minute or two over. I said it in Shul on, on Sukkis, and I've said it other times as well. Chassam Seifer says that when a person does tshuva me'ava, the Gemara tells us all his averis turns into turn into schuyos, into mitzvahs. Chassam Seifer says that means a person who did an avera, let's say, went to the theater to the Colosseum, and let's say that was an avera. When he does tshuva me'ava, it's considered as if he was sitting in the bismedrash that entire time. The Chassam Seifer writes if a person ate nevela, he ate something treif, and then he does tshuva me'ava, it's as if at that moment he was in Yerushalayim eating the Karman Pesach. And he's going to get to Shamayim, and the Edom are going to come and say, oh, the Malachim are going to be witnesses and say, look, he was in the Bismedrash for so long, he was eating Karman Pesach in Yerushalayim. And other Malachim are going to say, what's going on? Imanu hayisam, what do you mean? You weren't uh, in the Bismedrash, you were uh, with us in the theater, you were eating nevela. 
Yakuman be Ede Chamas, Ede Sheker, be Feach Ede Chamas, we say in, in Ladavad Hashem Ayri, that the Ede Chamas, the Ede Sheker, they're going to come and accuse me of bringing false witnesses and saying I wasn't in the Bismajish, I wasn't eating kosher, I wasn't doing mitzvahs, I was doing Averis. That's what they're going to say about me. Lule Amanti, but if not for the fact that I believed in the power of Tshuva Meyava, I would be lost. But I believe in the power of Chuva Meyava. When a person does Chuva Meyava, all those things that he did, Averis, it's Kilu, he was doing mitzvahs. And therefore he could come and say that, yes, you think that I was in the, ba- the, the, the theater or in the Colosseum or I was eating treif. But now after eating tshuva, it's not like that. I could say honestly, I was in the Bismedrash. I was eating the Karvan Pesach. That's the power of tshuva me'ava to change the entire Metzius. We should talk about that today on his yard site, it should be a schus for Gans Kla Yisrael, and we should be zeichet to see a Yeshua from all of our tsaras and the greatest Yeshua, the coming of Mashiach Tzikeinu, Bimherav Yameinu, Amen. Have a wonderful day. Call to everyone.